When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi folks, Tino here with the Counter to Kickoff show ahead of Sunday's 12 o'clock kickoff against Motherwell. Joined here by Paddy and by James. Paddy, I'll come to you first. How are you feeling about this one? Um, optimistic, um, which I don't think many of us would have been saying, but I, I don't know what it was for, for me last night, just even watching the, the Europa League. I was keeping an eye on the goal show and just kind of looking at where uh, where some clubs are and, and just... Uh, the real passion, the real genuine energy for the crowds and the real just teams getting behind their back. I think the Roma final game being a great example of that um, just kind of made me realise why I love football. I don't think I've uh, had that much this season um, and I don't think we see much in the Champions League even after we're out as well. So for me, I think uh, optimistic in the sense that I hope, I generally hope that we've had some of our players sitting watching that last night too, realising how good the fans can be um, for for the, the the mental side as well, and I hope we've got a manager that's in there saying this is important. This is this is what we really need to to address and make sure that we're getting right and and kicking on for the the twelve cup finals that we've got ahead of us. So, I I'm uh, I'm taking a positive outlook on this, even though the crazy results we got from uh, from those um, financials today, but. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll maybe touch on them. You know, a positive outlook's only way to be, Paddy. What's what's the alternative? Um, did you watch those games last night though? Thinking Celtic, generally speaking, you know, as and when we managed to get our house in order, we should be at that level. We should be playing in those games and getting involved yeah. in those knockout stages. A hundred percent. And I and I look at the games against Lazio, I look at the game against Atletico Madrid, and if things are all singing and all dancing and, and we hit that sweet spot, we're not we're not far away. And I think that even just bites off more of the frustration um, for for me. It's just like, you know, I think as a whole, we've got a fit squad. We've definitely got a start of 11 capable of going and winning a league. Um, but it's the depth that's not there. And that's the big concern, I think, from from fans. And um, I think seeing some of the, the games yesterday, watching Bodo Glimp against Ajax, you know, Bodo, absolutely brilliant again. Just sadly didn't take their chances last night. Um, against a very weakened Ajax team. Um, but then just watching Feyenoord as well, a team that were very well organised against us in the first game. But we we all left it saying they were there for the taking too. Um, we're not far off, guys. And that's, I think it was a bit of a, a reality check for myself, just thinking that if we do finally have a board that looks at the money we've got available and decides to invest a little bit, gets things ready, I think we hopefully have seen a kick off of things getting ready with the announcement of Joe Hart retiring, retiring then 
I'm optimistic that hopefully we're going to try and get something right here, but it's just the board that I don't trust, sadly. Yeah, and that's definitely a, a bigger discussion for another day, but European stuff, you know, we need, need to park it for now. It's nothing to do with us at this moment in time, but it's definitely where we need to, to be looking back towards. James, let's return to domestic stuff. Thanks for joining us on holiday, complete with floral curtains, stunning curtains in the background. Uh, how are you feeling ahead of this one on Sunday? Yes, yeah, somewhat similar to Paddy in terms of feeling optimistic, but I think that's my problem. You know, I always do feel optimistic until they show me why I shouldn't be optimistic. But there's, there's players back there, senior players back, and I think it gives us a lot more options in terms of that depth. You know, pushing guys that maybe shouldn't be the first team on the bench, which keeps the bench relatively strong, but it places them the stronger players in the first 11. Um, you know, obviously looking at Alistair Johnson, CCDs too, those, but Tomoki Iwata is in there as well for me. Um, so with those changes, and I'm kind of going back to a 4-3-3, I know we'll get to lineups and stuff like that, I'm going back to a 4-3-3, and just looking for an injection of pace, coming out of defence, and the midfield and the wingers shown, like they should have been the whole time anyway, but I think we'll go back to 4-3-3 with Tomoki in the six, and that should set us up better and let Carmack go forward. You know, you've got to bear in mind that we were trying that just before Tomoki got his injury, and it was working. It was definitely working. It was giving us more creative outlet. It was letting McGregor go forward and do what he can do there while he's not losing control from his, his captaincy role. So, yeah, feeling optimistic about it, but just I can't wait for the game to come and get moving. Yeah, there's a lot of clamour for a while, I think. I know me and you, James, are keen, and, and Paddy, you can let us know your own thoughts in a minute. Um, I think a lot of fans are keen to see him given a chance. I wonder if that's partly because of some good stuff we've seen from Iwata, and partly just out of frustration that other things aren't working, and it's you know, it's that kind of way where we're only ever going to find out how good he can be or not if we start to, to give these guys a run. We've seen that Bernardo's got something, but you had to give him a run of games, and I think Iwata was getting that run uh, up until his injury, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. James Paddy mentioned uh, Joe Hart's uh, retirement or the, the announcement that he's going to retire at the end of the season. What do you think of the timing of it? What do you think of the the message? don't know if you've watched his video and different things, but what's your general take on that at this moment? I've been a big fan of him since he came in. You know, he not only improved the position, which was essential at the time, he gave us another captain, another level of experience in the team, which was, you know, should have great help to Cal McGregor. So I've been a big fan. Now, we all know, you know, time waits for no man, and Joe Hart's no exception. That's just the football realities. Add to the fact that his family's still down south. You know, he's been giving up a lot to be here. So I'm not overly surprised. There was rumours he would go and do a bit of time over in the MLS, but he's maybe just thinking, you know, I've had a great career. There's certainly no need for money. He can go and spend time with his family. So no issues with the, with the announcement, of course. And it gives us... A clear reality as to where we are because you wouldn't put it past the other to go maybe just stay around a wee six or twelve month extension you know you wouldn't put it past them so that cuts that out and says you need to go and get a goalie in terms of timing that works in with that as well there's no end of season you know dubiety it's now you know you need a goalie come you know june july i suppose so yeah i, th I think it's 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 kind of correct the way it's done roger spoke about um the press conference he'd had that chat with joe you know a while back and he made his decision then. It was just about you know, when he was going to put the, the announcement out. So, great servant. Goes with our best wishes. Yeah, he's been brilliant. There was lots of question marks. I'm pretty sure I questioned it at the time, but you've got to look at overall what he's done and he's been great for Celtic. And he's 37 next month. Sorry, April, buddy. 37 couple of months' time. And he's maybe decided that he wants to go at the top. He wants to go on a high. And actually, 
I'm pleased that now, certainly from his point of view, but I think Greg Taylor and a few others commented on his his post, his Instagram or whatever. They all want to go on a high and they want him to go on a high. You know, they want him to, to finish at the very top and that could give him and the players around him a real boost towards the end of the season. And and the fans. I think it's a, almost like a, the timing of it for me was impressive in a sense. There's no lingering. There's no thinking what, we, what we're expecting for next season. Listen, Joe Hart has, has had some incredible uh, incredible saves this season for us. Um, but ultimately, I think he's, he knows himself that the level in, uh, in which he, he should be playing at is, is starting to kind of come down a bit. I think he would uh, openly admit that himself. I think he's a very, very good goalkeeper. I think he's had a great career. And I actually feel sorry for him what happened when he arrived at Tottenham um, and, and just the way that he was kind of shunned. It's such a, a young age for a goalkeeper, in my opinion, as well. Um, he's had a lot more to offer, and I was so glad that we were able to get two really successful seasons out of that. He's been important the last few games for us. There's no denying that. And listen, I'm not taking anything away from the fact that it's been really, really poor from us, but it could have been a lot worse if it wasn't for Joe Hart. So we're still in a strong position because of him. But I think the timing is right. I really do. Um, and I wish him all the best um, going forward and whatever he does. He's been a great servant for us. Yeah, he's a popular character and I think he'll be missed. I think he's been great for us and, and you know, There'll be plenty of time for goodbyes and all the best. We'll just need to uh, get the head down before that. Though, you know, that'll all take care of itself come May time, and there's there's a lot of work to be done between now and then. The headache for Celtic is that I was saying to my mate last night, we don't have a, a goalkeeper and then a number two and a number three. We've got a goalie and two threes. You've got Bain and Segrist kind of fighting out to be the third choice goalie. There's not a backup goalie at Celtic or a a worthy backup goal at this moment in time. But as you say, there's, what, three, four months to get the right guy in, James, so hopefully we can do that. Um, the other big boost ahead of tomorrow, sorry, ahead of Sunday, is that Cameron Cattle-Vickers is back training, as is Alistair Johnson. Paddy, do you throw the two of them right in? Absolutely. We need to go and win this league, guys. I think you need your best players in for the from any minute possible now. I don't think... I think you touched on it, and a few others touched on it, when we've seen Greg Taylor go off after an hour. I think those issues, considering we're not playing two times a week, uh, for me, goes out the window. Sports science goes out the window until the end of the season. And we make sure that everyone's our best players, our best at start 11 is available, um, then they're playing. And on that, James, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Alistair Johnson, they are in Celtic's best 11 at this moment, aren't they? 100%. You know, and that's not taken away from what Alston and Welsh have brought in terms of spirit in the last few games. But, you know... Ralston's maybe slightly unfairly getting, not necessarily unfairly, but he was, you know, he, he could have been better for the goal at the weekend there against Kelly. And that's kind of blotted his coffee book to say, you know, spirit's a great thing, but we need the quality. And I think Johnson is a, you know, a better talent in terms of right back, maybe closes that out better. So for that alone, it's time to, like to say, Paris, put your best players on the park. And I think there's not. A million miles in it, but I think Johnson is a slightly better player football-wise than Ralston, but not discounting what Ralston and Welsh have brought in terms of spirit in the last few weeks. Yeah, so most likely we'll see Johnson uh, take his place at right back. Carter Vickers in the centre. Greg Taylor should be at left back. He must be at left back. I don't say this a few weeks ago, and it felt really harsh that Burnaby shouldn't play again for Celtic. The defending or lack of it the weekend reinforced that for me. It's just got to stop. You know. Is it any surprise we're getting these kind of results and losing these kind of goals when you play a guy at left back who can't defend, who doesn't have any defensive qualities? So that needs to stop and 
stop immediately. So we'll see Greg Taylor at left back. Paddy, you might have seen or read um, Michael Shearer's a young lad who puts out some articles for us on the website at different times. And he put one forward this week. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure I entirely agree with it, but that's that's not really the point. We'll put out different articles at different times with different viewpoints. And Michael's article was headed something along the lines of, is it time to end the Liam Scales experiment? And he gave different rationale for that. You know, he says that Scales is slow coming out. He's, he's not the guy that starts off the attack quickly, even in the way that a Carl Starfelt used to do and in the way that Carl Starfelt used to break the lines. He did give credit where it's due in terms of Liam Scales can be and is an excellent defender when he's up against it, yeah. when you're facing a European side or maybe a bit of pressure from Rangers or anything like that. But he doesn't feel he's the guy to take his forward and he's basically not saying started the campaign, but he wants to see Navrocki now slotted in there alongside Carter Vickers. What do you think? Is it too many changes? Is it a bold move to make two changes? Obviously, Scales and Welsh were the two last week. Do you go Navrocki and Carter Vickers? How do you play that one? Yeah, I think you go Navrocki and Carter Vickers, Tino. I really do. Um, I've spoken about Liam Scales all season. I think it's a testament to what he's done this year and, and uh, really you know, stood up uh, to be counted in a lot of games for us. Um, going back to winning man in a match in a, in a Champions League game as well. But yeah, that's it. It's nail on the head. It's the games where we're under the caution. The defending is great. We are not playing like that week in, week out. We see that. We need to be quicker than the other team. And I, I'm sorry, he's slowed us down all season. I take nothing away from him. As I said, like, I think it's an incredible achievement for him this year. Um, but for me, I'd like to see Navrocki come in. I think it has to be now. Um, I think... You want to try and get that back four settled for this next 12 games. I don't I don't think we have any more chopman changing. I really don't. And I think we need players that are comfortable in playing the ball forward and send it to the side, which we've seen with Liam Scales, unfortunately. Yeah, you'd have to question how many times we've seen the, the same back four consecutively. It feels like it changes every week. Sometimes injury enforced, sometimes not. But you've got, geez, you've got anybody from Johnson and Ralston on the right, Taylor and Burnaby on the left. Carter Vickers, Navrocki, Scales, Welsh, and anyone else you care to mention in the centre there. And that inconsistency, and this isn't to defend some mistakes that Joe Hart has made, you know, if we're being real about it, he's he's had some issues with corners and different things. Must be really tough for a goalkeeper to have a, an ever-changing back four in front of him. And actually, if I'm offering some defence to the midfield, must be a bit of a head, headache for them, you know, to look back and say, can we trust these guys? I know that guy will break the lines, but he won't. I'm not sure what he's bringing. He's a bit nervous just now. <laughs> Burnaby, how do you how do you play alongside Burnaby? You know, there's lots going on there. And just, the, I say the weeks are going to become a bit boring, me saying it, but it was inconsistent lineups equals inconsistent results. And we've got this 12-game push now, and we just need to find some sort of stability. Injuries can't be helped. You know, that's just something that will happen as part of football. But where we can, Paddy, I totally agree. We need to find a settled back five, you know, goalie plus four. What's that going to look like? James, in the midfield, you've talked about Iwata. I'd be keen to see it. And whether Brendan Rodgers agrees or not is a, a different question. That's the big question. Do you think he takes the opportunity, I was going to say rest, to drop Matt O'Reilly, who's been really, really poor the last few games, and shake it up a bit, go Iwata, McGregor, maybe Bernardo? No, I don't. Um, I think it, it just falls back to, again, Paddy's point earlier on, you put your best talent on the pitch for these next 12 games. Matt O'Reilly is that. You know, he's, he's the guy that's attracting attention. He's attracting that attention for a reason. So, and I think he's the kind of player that gets better by playing football, not by being off the pitch. 
So for me, it's O'Reilly and, and McGregor taking the, the forward two midfield positions. I get that you know um, he's been off form since since the transfer window, but I, th- I just think he's a talent. And if you want to get forward and you want to make incisive passes and link the play, Matt O'Reilly's a guy I always want in my team. Um, not discounting what Bernardo can bring to the, the table as well, but I'd look to see that off the bench with O'Reilly starting. Yeah, Paddy, uh, on board with that, there was also a mention, I was almost surprised to hear his name, uh, Odin Thiago Holm. He was mentioned by Rodgers as someone who's coming back from injury. He missed the last game. You don't even notice when he's missing just now, such as the the little impact he's had since he's signing there in the summer. Um, but what do you go with? Are you going the same three as James? Um, I'm, I'm still a little bit unsure about a lot of guys. Um, I'll be honest, I think uh, we've seen him coming out and really like close games up for us, definitely, but... I think more in an attacking sense, that's where we really need to be kind of focusing on as a team. I think when you've watched the games recently, we've soaked up a lot of pressure, which shouldn't be the case, absolutely. We need calm heads in that area. And I, I totally agree. I, I did see the, the pros of Iwata, um when he was in the side, but I did see the cons as well. And he doesn't like receiving the ball in tight, tight areas at points. Um, a couple of times, I think back to the game, um, the game we could beat it, Rugby Park in December and there was a ball played to him just outside the 18-yard box and he, he didn't know what to do with it. Um, again, I suppose that comes with match practice, absolutely. Um, but I'm still quite I'm still quite suspect about him being in the six, if I'm going to be honest. Um, I think he is a solid player, but I also think for me, I would I, I would like to kind of think that this back four that we potentially could go with is a big reason why we've not seen... But sort of the back four that we've went with recently is a big reason why we've not seen the likes of Bernardo and Matt O'Reilly anywhere near our gameplay. Um, and I think with the, the the likes of Johnston, Carter Vickers and Taylor back settled in, you unlock those guys a little bit quicker. So for me, I would still think Calmac, Bernardo and O'Reilly. Or something. Yeah, Paddy, Callum McGregor... Hasn't gone without criticism in, in recent weeks, and we had that situation last week. We touched on it in the post match where cool heads were required. You've mentioned it just there. We needed a bit of composure in the middle of the f- field to, to just get us up the park. Everyone, I'm sure, a lot most folk here will have seen the that 45 second passage of play from the weekend as horrendous with every pass getting worse than the one before it, and Celtic getting pinned back into their own defensive third by. What is an, an honest but limited Kilmarnock side? And it was really tough to watch. And Callum McGregor has a responsibility to, to to be brave enough, to be confident enough to take the ball in those situations and drive the team forward. And I think the the, the one incident in particular that stood out was the one that came to him. Yeah. With a bit of work to do, a couple of guys around him, and he swung the right joker at it, and it's gone way high. And the, the panic almost set in on that instant. When you've seen Callum McGregor doing it, in the stands, you're getting anxious, and I'm sure his teammates were getting anxious. And that's just a small example. He's, he's obviously done other things well in the game, but you need guys like that to step up when the chips are down. I'm not, I've, I've I said this before, and it's a shame that I'm revisiting it, but I did ask the question earlier in the season should we be dropping Callum McGregor or resting him, given the amount of games he plays? But where do you stand on that, Paddy? Do you, do you need to allow him, you know, he's got the credit in the bank and all that stuff? Do you need to allow him to play his way through this? Yeah, because he has taken Celtic with the scuff of the neck in several seasons before. I think back to when he came back from injury, um, the game against Rangers, that infamous game at the beginning of February in 22, 
he was outstanding. He, he, he really rallied the troops. Um, we took the momentum that night, and I think that he does have that in his locker. But we went back, going back to the beginning, beginning of the season, and what you're talking about in terms of, you know, there was a little bit of doubt here or there at that early point. I genuinely think that it comes down to who he's, who he's got around him. We can all say um, he should lead by example. He can, he can, uh, he can really be the, the, the game changer for us. But ultimately, if the quality's not there, he's not going to trust who he has around him. And I think that's a fair point for Celtic this season. I think it's a fair point for Callum McGregor this season. Um, one of the boys made the analogy of, you've played the games of fives, you've played the games of sevens, where, well, for me anyway, there's one player that's really, really good at football, and he's like, I'm not going to give it to him because his last touch was <laughs> Excuse my language on it. But, you know, you're having those moments where he is probably looking around at him and thinking, I'm not I'm not bringing, bringing this into play. He's trying to take on too much. And there, he's finding himself in situations where he's the one that's making the mistakes because of it. I don't think there's any doubt that he's felt with it like that in some of the 11s he's been part of this season, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, cheers to the expletives, Paddy. I'll, I'll need to look at a, a beat machine and apologies to everybody who was offended by that. You've got them the um, moment. <laughs> yeah, James, moving forward, um, what does the front three look like? That's chopping chopping and changing all the time. O's back from his travels, Yang's back from his travels, Palmer's off form, Maeda's off form, um, Kyogo's in and out, you know, Adam Eda's offered an alternative, allowed you to play with two up top. There's lots going on up there. What would you do on Sunday? I mean, it's the the Tombola used to occupy the midfield. It now occupies the wings, doesn't it? So you could just you could fling the names into a Tombola there and see what comes out, and that's your wingers. Um, with something like that in mind, I'm going with Yang and Kuhn because Yang because he drives. You know, he at least tries to take guys on, and that's been a big feeling uh, the last couple of months. I would say where you know Scales and Welsh, Scales and Dabrocki, whoever can think they're getting a hard time for the ball coming back to them. Why is it coming back to them from a wing wing position? That's a big part of the problem. So at least Yang is going to try and take guys on, get to that line and get it. And I'm going to go Kyogo through the middle. So I'm looking for Yang to be getting to the line and get the ball in. And to a similar extent, I'm going with Kuhn. Uh, I think he's been very underwhelming, to say the least, mm-hmm. since he came in. It's only been a few games, so I'll give him that. But he was signed as a player who can take players on. We've seen it on his agent-led showreel. But I think we need to give him a chance to show if he can do it. And... You know, the alternatives are Palmer Maeda. Maeda just doesn't look at it at all since he's come back from um, the Asian Cup. And Palmer, I just think he thinks he's better than he is. I just, he frustrates the life out of me. Guy's got talent. Maybe he is a 10 and nothing else because he's certainly not a winger for me. So with all that in mind, I'm going to go with Yang and Kuhn the wings, but Kyo go through the middle. And almost a heart back to where we've been successful for so long. Just get the ball to Kyogo and let him see what he can do with James, the old deja vu is kicking in. I think we've done this about a week ago, and I says, if Kuhn and Yang are our wingers, I will give you £10 to the charity of your choice. Do I need to say it again? <laughs> because it didn't happen last time, and I don't think it's happening this time. I think Yang might get the nod. I can't. I don't think Kuhn's done enough to, to earn it. I think he's... I'd like to think he's been signed because he's got talent, but he's just not, not ready or at it. Unless he's had a blistering week in training, Unless he's been running right at Lennox Town, I think Dyes Maida is always picked by Brendan Rodgers. When he's been fit and available, he starts, and I, I don't see any reason that will change. I think it was San Fran in the comments saying that 
we lose a lot. Defe- listen, we know what he's got and not got offensively, Maeda. He's just a, it's an absolute get, you know, guess at what he's going to provide. But he does provide a lot of work defensively. You could query how much he's going to be put under pressure defensively at a Motherwell side who are struggling, really struggling to buy wins, to be honest with you. Um, but I think he just plays. I think he's a, he's a Brendan Rodgers player and I think he'll play. It's who goes on the other wing. I think Yang's shown enough, hasn't he, James, in the, the time he's been back? So we'll call it £5, right? I'll give you the Yang one and he'll start, but I don't think Kuhn starts on the other side. Paddy, what's your front three? Um, I like this I like this saying about uh, Maeda, obviously what he gives us defensively. And listen, I totally see that. I think that the games against them and, and the pressure he puts onto them is absolutely brilliant. It doesn't stop. However, he's a winger um, or a forward, um, if, if we want to call him that. And yes, there are moments where there's a moment of brilliance, but there's, there's plenty where it's just not there. Um, I'd quite like to see him started on the left um, on Sunday. And I would like to see uh, Nicholas Coon given the opportunity on the right. Um, I've just seen the comment there for George Barr. I think I totally agree. I think the pressure's on every single player at the moment. Um, but I think that, you know, you could go and give this guy a game, mate. An opportunity against a team like Motherwell, no offence to them, could be the, the game he needs. If he goes in as a stormer on, on Sunday, you've got a confident player for the running. Um, but for me, I think we need to see Dyson Maeda out on the left again. I think that's where he's at his strongest for Celtic. And I think his partnership with Maeda really, really stands out as well. Do you not think that playing Maeda, you know, what his defensive qualities, I don't discount that at all. But that plays to a defensive formation and defence hasn't actually been our issue this year. It's been attack. And if we actually go with an attacking formation that's going to drive the play and drive the balls into the box, you never know, we might score some goals. That's that's been the big problem at Celtic all season. So I, yeah. I think going Maida plays to that defensive mindset and that's not what the issue is. I know where you're coming from. I think with Maeda this season, though, he's been ultimately, he's been utilised in the right quite a lot. Um, and for whatever reason, the partnership, the bond, has just not been there with Alistair Johnston. Um, I just don't think he seems comfortable out in the right as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think from what we've seen last season with him, uh, working alongside Greg Taylor, it was something that was working. It was something that was successful. Their understanding of each other was really strong and it actually allowed Greg Taylor to come into that more um, inverted fullback role, um, which he's, he's really comfortable in doing. And I think Rogers has allowed him to do that a lot more to um, try and improve his game as well. I think it complements each other. I'm not saying it's going to result in a lot of uh, a lot of assists or anything, but it's almost just going back to something that the, both guys are familiar with. I think that gives us a really, really strong chance getting into this running, to be honest, if we do kind of go back to something like that. I'm not saying we switch it back to the Ange ball. It's not it's not going to work like that. Rogers doesn't work like that. But I think you can allow and compensate for some things, and that's one of them for me. Yeah. Paddy, so you, you've opted my, for my head on the left. Who did you see on the right? Was it Yang? I know I would give two in a go. I don't think Yang's got the confidence. I don't think he's got the drive to really do anything for us in this yeah. last two games. It's interesting that you know both your lads have suggested Coon and, and Paddy's point that, that George Barr made. George has suggested that he needs a run of games. He's suffering for the pressure, um, and that generally we have no choice. And same for Yang. I suppose you need to give these guys a chance and improve what they're worth. But that's the big gamble for Brendan Rodgers because we can't afford any more slip ups. So you could say Coon's not really had a chance. Let him you know get a chance just now. We're not in the given folk a chance uh, arena at this moment in time. We're in the, 
who can I trust the most? The question is, well, the thing is, he doesn't know who he can trust the most. There's three of us here can't get any sort of um, agreement on who the two wingers would be, and there'll be all the Celtic fans across the way, you know, online and otherwise, and the pubs will struggle to find who, who the best two would be in their opinion. And then you'll have folk talking about should James Forrest be brought back in? There might be some people, James, I'm not sure who would say Mikey Johnson should never have been let go. All these things. But Celtic's inconsistency in the wings has been a real headache all season. Um, I'm not saying rightly or wrongly. I, I think he will go with Maeda uh, and Palmer, but I, I wouldn't really have the the rationale for it. It's just what I think he'll do because it's what he generally does when that's his choices. I do I do very much buy into Brido's point that he continues to make when he's on about play right-wingers on the right and left-wingers on the left because you've got this constant cutting in. Palmer's become aimed for cutting inside now and it's just so predictable. And it worked a few times in his early games. And I, actually, I wanted to point out, Palmer kind of came to life in a Celtic shirt at Fir Park. That was a game where he came on and he scored what looked like it was going to be the winner, then Motherwell equalise, and then we set up Matt O'Reilly for what ultimately was the winner. winner, winner. And that was just a, you know, a big moment for Palmer, big moment in a Celtic shirt, and, and, and you need those moments to become a Celtic player. Now, Kuhn needs one of those moments, and Yang needs one of those moments, and, and various other guys could do with that boost. But I think we've just become so predictable. If you were sending out your right back to Mark Louis Palmer, you would just tell him to force him inside and just push him out the way because... Everyone knows that's, that it's almost become his signature move, but not in a good way. So what's wrong with putting guys on the right who can hit with the right foot, guys on the left who can do that, and let's hit the byline like in the old days, Paddy. Let's roll back the clock and then do what they used to do and try and get balls across the face of goal for Kyogo. Um, that is a mystery up top. I suppose the debate will go on and, and we'll need to see what Brendan Rodgers decides on Sunday. In terms of the bigger picture, lads, we're in a position now where... Come kickoff on Sunday at 12 o'clock, we could find ourselves five points behind. Now, this all comes down to what Hearts do at Ibrox or don't do at Ibrox. We'll need to wait and see. But Brendan Rodgers touched on it in the press conference. And whether you like Brendan Rodgers, I think he's filling on since the bottom line is we cannot control anything out with, you know, our own dressing room and, and, and what our players are doing. But what does the mindset look like, James? This team for the last two and a half years, well, we'll give them the first six months with, with Ange being a wee bit uncertain. But certainly for the last couple of years, they've only ever known the top of the table. They're not familiar with playing catch up and the mentality that's required to, to you know, to try and you know close that gap if that's the right term. So, how do you think they respond to that? You know, do you think they've got enough character, grit, determination, all those cliches to really dig deep when it matters most? A hundred percent. I mean, pressure's pressure, no matter what form it takes, and the pressure to stay top that these players have delivered consistently. I think it was seventy-eight games top of the league. Rangers are about to find out what that pressure is, and it's it's immense because every week you've got to be absolute on your game. So, pressure whether you're chasing, pressure whether you're maintaining, it's pressure to be on your game. So, I, I think, it, ironically, being a wee bit behind, two points behind, just gives you that clear drive. You know, you know exactly what you need to do. You've got six points against them to come, so that there's there's that to drive for. Um, you know the. The take from the, the media question was you can find yourself five points behind. You can also find yourself in a position to go top of the league. So that, that can cut both ways. Now, I don't hold out much hope that Nesbitt's going to do an awful lot at Ibrox, but that could be the case. Either way, we've got to make sure the gap doesn't doesn't get any bigger. So I don't think, I think, you know, what Roger said is a cliche, but I think it's also true. You just take care of your game. 
and the table look after itself and he said, you know, this is February and nothing's decided until the 38th game and that's where we are. Yeah. And as they say, James, cliches are cliches for a reason. There's a reason to become yeah. that in the first place. Um, Paddy, what do you think? Obviously, it's a, as I say, it's a different um, mentality, mindset required for these players to play catch-up. This is where Callum McGregor and Joe Hart and other figures need to step up and have that word with their teammates, you know, particularly the new guys, to say this is what's required at, you know, this, at this stage in a season. 12 games to go, real fixed, focused you know, mindset and approach. Um, and do you think they will do that? Do you think they'll be the guys to pull these younger players aside? Yeah, I don't think the towel's been thrown in at all. I really don't. I think that these guys have, have been there, they've seen it, they've, they've had that chase in the first season. They were fairly comfortable last season until obviously they'd won the league and, and took the foot off the gas. I think they know what it takes and I think they know how important it is as well. I really do. I do think there is something along the lines, um, sorry, there is something in uh, Joe Hart announcing it when he did. For me, I think it is a bit of a rallying call for the players. I think the manager will probably see the same thing in that too. And just speaking about Harps tomorrow, a lot of a lot of people have been saying, oh, we don't know what Harps will show up. They're not that far behind us, guys. The carrot's right there for them as well, in terms of what they can go and achieve as well. So I think Naismith has, likes a little bit of needle with any anyone he plays with, uh, anyone he plays against. I think Harps, you know, definitely have a chance going there tomorrow. They were very close the last time they were at Ibrox, I'm sure, as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... Uh, we, we, we want those games, we want those those um, teams to really stand up and be counted because there's plenty of teams going for it against us. As poor as we've been as well, uh, performances have definitely been up this season. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely see that swinging both, way, both ways in this last 12, 12 games too. So, be interesting tomorrow. Yeah, I'd like to think Hearts and Naismith have got enough about them professionally to go and give their all to get a win there. You know, they, they've got to see that that's an opportunity. The points in the table, though, just to look at it right, so Rangers currently on 64, Celtic on 62, Hearts on 51. I've seen someone suggest that Celtic need to watch that they're, you know, over our shoulders. I'm not buying that at all, right? So that, that can that can go out the window. But fourth place behind Hearts is Kilmarnock in 37 points. There's 14 points there. So what's the real driver for Hearts who are never going to finish second, certainly in my opinion? They're never going to drop to fourth. They're kind of, they are where they are. They'll, they'll sail in on third for the rest of the season. Is there enough of a drive for a team like that to push on or does that just come down to individuals? I think when you look at teams that want to do something in Europe, perhaps they're a taste of the, the Confidence League, not this season, but the season before. I think you, you measure yourself against Celtic and Rangers. What do we need? What do we What do we really try and set out for? Because we're going to end up playing against one big team, the way Aberdeen did with uh, Frankfurt this season. I really do think that, you know, these are tests for these teams. Those teams that really think you know, we should be finishing third every single season. We should be top of the league outside Celtic and Rangers. So I don't think you go there thinking, oh, it's a pals act. I really don't. I think that it's a different setup, a different set of thinking from their fans and their team at the moment. And uh, they see third as their position. And, and I think that they, as I say, the taste for Europe, they'll want to really go and do something. And that work for them starts now. As you said, it's it's almost as if it's, it's completed. So what do we need? What do we need to improve on? So... Works, works for him tomorrow. Yeah. I think we've spent far too long on Hearts there, to be honest. So we'll, uh, we'll move swiftly on, but it's not as valid yes. stuff. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Um, James Motherwell, so obviously uh, they've had a, a strange old season. They, they've become draw specialists. So they're currently 
in ninth place in the table. They're, they're only six points off of the top six. So actually with a, a bit of a run, they could, you know, leapfrog teams like Aberdeen and Hibs have also struggled for consistency. But what do you expect? What do you think the approach will be for Stuart Kettwell? Is it what we'd expect? Sit tight, hope that there's only a goal in it going into the last 10, 15, and then maybe take that opportunity to go for it? I think it's exactly that. It's a Sanchez it's PFL special. Just hope it's close until the last 10 minutes through the kitchen side cat. It'll be aggressive. You know, there'll be a, a lot of industrial football, so referee needs to be strong wherever, wherever they are. Um, but I don't see them coming out swashbuckling or anything close to it. Like you say, become draw special. It's not that we're very bad at draws ourselves. We're, we're pretty good at that. But, you know, we should be driving it to them. I think they'll be under the cosh, but it'll be heavy defence, looking to break out when they can. What we can't do, I suppose, is allow them that confidence of just us messing around the back and giving them time to get into formation. So, um, yeah, I, I see a resolute defence from Motherwell. Kettlewell is a, a talented enough manager for that level. So it's a job to be done, but you know, we shouldn't be going into this with any trepidation whatsoever. Yeah, Paddy, I wonder if there's some lads sitting doing the, the Motherwell exchange just now saying... So what about Celtic draw specialists? Do you think they'll uh, park the bus and, and hope for the best in the final ten minutes? It's just the um, it's the unpredictable unpredictability of Celtic at this moment, Paddy. That's the thing. Brendan Rodgers speaking in that press conference this afternoon was saying that in response to one of the questions, there's no instruction to his players to be slow in the build up. You know, he says it's very much the opposite, and he referenced his time at Liverpool and Swansea and various other clubs. That his approach is always, you know fast, direct football. It's just that there's clearly a, a lack of confidence in the players. It's, it's all about that bravery, being brave enough to, to either break the lines yourself by taking on your man or making that brave pass. And how often do we see the wingers or the midfielders getting to a point and then just turning back? You know, nearly there and, and, and let's make that pass. Nah, we'll just turn back. And that's become the issue. So whether it's Motherwell or Kamarnock last week or whoever else you want to care to mention in, in various teams that Celtic have drawn with, and we of course drew with Motherwell at Celtic Park, didn't we? We do lack bravery in the ball, so it's not it's not an instruction from Rodgers, but ultimately he carries, as isn't a defence of Rodgers, he carries the responsibility of making the players more confident, getting them yeah. to believe in themselves, and ultimately getting them to, to be brave enough to make those passes. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think that we've mentioned before, it, it's all right get setting your team out to, to instruct them to do something. It's they have the quality to go and execute it as well. Um, and I think we have seen a lot of our players wanting this season. Um, it's all right saying that you're, you're instructing them to play direct, quick football, but there's definitely an instruction for our players to cut in 100%. And it just doesn't doesn't work in this system at all. And um, I, I think I'm, a, I'm an avid believer of what you guys are talking about. Get your player to the byline and, and cut it back. I think we've seen how successful that's been for Celtic over the last couple of seasons as well. These little changes, I think, need to be allowed. don't think it needs to be as rigid as what it has been. Um, and yeah, I, I totally agree when we're t- discussing someone like Louis Palmer. That is the signature move. He's just not quick enough to execute it. That's the problem. And that's what I'm talking about. It's all right having a system, but you need the quality in place to be able to execute. And we, we don't have that in our wings this season. Yeah, do you know... Don't suppose anyone's asked him the question directly, and, and we'll try and do so at a future press conference. But is that a deliberate act? I'm not, you know, would they reveal it? I don't know. But telling your wingers not to get to the byline, you know, I understand saying to your wingers, go and express yourself and, and go and do what you feel right in the moment, whether it's coming inside or hitting the byline. But it, it does seem that 
nine times out of ten, maybe more than nine times out of ten, they come inside. I can't remember last seeing a Celtic player hit the byline. And that's yeah. mad, part of that's that's that can't be right, can it? That can't be a, a deliberate instruction, or is it? I just think I'm kind of thinking back to um, the Rogers era going before, and I, I look at how he tries to utilise the two midfielders, especially the two front midfielders. He really wants them to be on the edge to receive the ball. Um, and he, he likes the guys cutting it in, getting it to them, and then seeing if there's a bit of interplay into the box. But it just doesn't seem to work out. I think a lot of players, a, a lot of teams have that tactic sussed. Um, and I think that, you know, you should be able to mix it up. You should be able to kind of implement both, in my opinion. I think we actually seen quite a lot of that under Ange. Um, when when you, you, you look back in the last couple of years, whereas I, I think Rogers is quite he is quite strict in terms of keeping it the same. We kind of see it with the, the players that he chooses every week as well. There's a, a real direct approach in terms of we don't we don't mix this up. There's no room for for being able to kind of try and express yourself in different ways. This is this is what we stick to. When we have seen it change, it has been successful. Some of the games, as I mentioned earlier, we've seen the likes of Greg Taylor coming in more into the midfield. It's really then allowed McGregor to push up that little bit more and there's been more bodies and the ball's moved a lot quicker. But he's not doing it week in, week out. No chance. Yeah, what you need, whoever you're up against, you need to ask questions of the defence. And I think that's predictability that's, that's, that goes hand in hand with this current Celtic side. It does make it pretty straightforward to defend. As I said, it doesn't matter if it's Derek McInnes's Kilmarnock or Kettlewell's Muddle. You'd be telling your fullbacks he's going to cut inside and just force them down that avenue. And then you can allow your midfielders to come across and deal with that or whatever. And there's no guesswork required. I think fullbacks are having an easy time against their guys and certain halves aren't having to work that hard either. And that's that's been the biggest problem. Just a lack of invention, a lack of um, creativity in the final third. It just seems to be Stifled at this moment in time. James, we're kind of running the clock down a wee bit here, so I'll come to you for your, your match prediction. <laughs> we started this, didn't we, about let's try and be positive and let's try and be a bit more upbeat, but we've ended up kind of falling into darker places. But bring us to life. Four or five now. No, I'm going to go for a conservative one. I've learned my lesson. Um, no, but I still think we'll, go, we'll score goals. Yeah, I think that's... You know, Another cliche, release a handbrake, you know. Um, but I think that's what this team needs. And I think, you know, we'll run out 3 1 winners in the end. So, what was that? 3 1? 3 1. 3 1, okay. And what about yourself, Paddy? What are you thinking? Um, I, I think uh, 3. I actually think if we do go with the, the back line we've mentioned, um, we'll keep a clean sheet and won 3 0 Celtic on Sunday. 3 0. I'm torn between 1 each and 5 0 Celtic. <laughs> I, just, I just do what not a, know. What a viable. Don't I say do Come on. Uh, I'm going to go two one Celtic. I don't think we've got the confidence about us just now to go and grab that third goal. We've struggled, haven't we, to find the killer touch? But you know, we've opened the scoring often enough, but we've just struggled to get that killer second and maybe third goal. But I'll go two one. I bet here. So three one for James. Three 0 Paddy. Two one me. Paddy, I'll stick with you for your final thoughts ahead of the trip to Fur Park. We are struggling, but I genuinely believe that if we do get the likes of Carter Vickers and Alistair Johnson back in, and if we do kind of decide that the starting lineup that we'll, we'll have on Sunday is, is the team that's kind of going to push us forward uh, for these 12 games, I think, I don't know, I think there is a bit of a rally call between the players that we'll maybe just not see until we see them on Sunday. 
Um, I'm confident we can get this right. It is two points. We have some had some really impressive performances. Um, we've definitely had some impressive performances this season and in Europe as well. The guys know what it takes. There's plenty of players there that know what it takes to go and win this league. And I just think that, yeah, we've got enough about us. If we really, really want it, we can go and get it. Okay. Positive stuff there, Paddy. And thanks for the comments. James, what were your own final thoughts? Yeah, something similar. I mean, it's it's very, very apparent what this team needs to do. There's little to no distraction between now and the finish line. So it's just a matter of coming together. I don't I don't see any, you know, problems in the squad in terms of cliques or anything like that. I think they're a together team. I think it's just been a lack of consistency, a lack of just delivering um, to their talents. And that, that's just got to stop now. So I know Rogers was talking about the analyse, the performance at Kelly, so they've understood what they did poorly, but also what they did well. So it's about repeating that, you know, repeating those positive things and getting positive results on the board. 12 games to go, a big one on Sunday, just pushes you towards the next and the next and the next. So, yeah, I think it starts Sunday. But I don't think I said that last week as well. Aye, aye. But it'll start next Sunday and then the Sunday after that. <laughs> um, no, do you know, the biggest cliche that we've, we've all kind of set upon is is the next game's the most important. And nothing else matters. And even whatever Rangers and Hearts are doing tomorrow, doesn't matter. Celtic should just have this clear focus but it's all about getting the three points at Fur Park and kick it on. So hopefully that's what the boys can do on Sunday. Thanks to Parry and James for joining me here as always. And thanks to everyone who's joined us on the live. We always really appreciate the comments. And of course, to everyone who's listened in podcast form. We'll be back on Sunday shortly after the final whistle, hopefully with a big one. So until then, enjoy the rest of the weekend. We'll see you soon. Podcast Network.